Welcome to Marketing Tips for Translators for a successful freelance career and lifestyle with your host, Tess Witte. This episode is sponsored by WordFinder. Find the right terminology faster and easier with WordFinder on your computer, via web browser, smartphone, or tablet. Get access to over 120 dictionaries in 15 languages and many different subject areas. Read more at wordfinder.com. And pros.com. Become a member, clarify your areas of expertise, and benefit over time from an ongoing flow of potential clients. Find out more about this portal at pros.com. Welcome to the 98th episode of Marketing Tips for Translators. Thank you for tuning in to get more tips about marketing, freelancing, business, and the translation community. Did you know that there is a new community for translators online? Translators are connected to a community, or the ones that are, share insights and resources with each other and learn from each other are more successful than those who isolate themselves and just do their craft. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing the founder of the Open Mic, or Mike. When he grew up, he lived in a town that wasn't even on the map because it was top secret. Welcome to the podcast, Dmitry Kornikov. Hi, Tess. Uh, thank you so much for having me over. And uh, I just want to say a huge thank you uh, to you for uh, doing this podcast uh, week after week. Uh, I think you're doing a, an incredible job for all of us. And I hope that uh, people who are listening to this podcast today will learn something new and that uh, together we can bring a little bit of joy and value to our loved profession. Thank you. And you are doing a good job, too. Did I just butcher your name yeah kind of uh, <laughs> you know russians names are tough yeah, can you get... say that your last name in, in properly uh my last name is Kornikov. Kornikov. yes okay Kornikov. can canadians say that not really <laughs> <laughs> because you live in canada now but tell me about where you grew up it, it was a top secret town well um, why is that i was born in ukraine uh, but then mm-hmm. my parents moved uh, to Russia, uh, and basically I grew up in a very tiny uh, little town. Uh, my parents uh, were in the army, so uh, my dad was uh, serving as an officer in a strategic uh, missile forces. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically this uh, little town was uh, a, kind of like a, a nuclear shield for our country. Like mm-hmm. And in case of... Uh, uh, World War. Uh, this is where our intercontinental uh, missiles would launch from. So mm. my dad. Uh, this was during the Cold War. No, 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 not of course, not not during the Cold War. Uh, uh, I grew up uh, in the 90s. I was born in 1988. So uh, mm-hmm. the Cold War was over back then, and uh, mm. United uh, uh, USSR was also done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we still uh, had quite a, you know, uh, complicated relationships uh, with the uh, United States and Europe. So uh, those mm. those little towns were all over the country, and uh, uh, my parents uh, they were serving uh, their country kind of and uh, pr- protecting uh, 
uh, our citizens in case of uh, unlikely event of uh, world war. But uh, mm -hmm. when I grew up, uh, I, I, I get a chance to spend my uh, uh, childhood days at my dad's place of work. And it was very exciting mm -hmm. because I get to see this all kind of this uh, military machines. Uh, some of them were carrying uh, nuclear weapons, actually. Mm. This was very exciting. And, I bet. Yeah, and when I was uh, very little, uh, this town uh, had a, a strict security policy, so you, you couldn't get in or get out uh, without an ID. Uh, mm. uh, there was a block passed uh, at the entrance to the town, so when someone is uh, trying to get in, they, they have to check their IDs to make sure that they are actually living in this town. Mm -hmm. it was so how many uh, inhabitants did the town have? Uh, back then, I believe it was pretty big. Actually, uh, I think uh, around uh, ten thousand people. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, with your own schools and. Yes, uh, we we had uh, two schools. Uh, uh, we had uh, uh, shops, uh, a bakery. Uh, I think a couple of cafes. Uh, we we also have the sports sections where kids can could uh, learn how to play. Uh, uh, basketball, volleyball. I I, mm -hmm. I actually played volleyball kind of mm -hmm. semi professionally when I was uh, in high school. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, that sounds exciting. Did you so you competed in volleyball too? Yeah, well, we went on uh, different uh, tiny competitions uh, all across the regions. We we were not very good at it actually. So uh, we lost a lot. <laughs> Is this is this town a top secret still? No, no, no. Uh, it was only top secret when I was still very little, maybe like mm -hmm. one or two years old. Uh, but mm -hmm. uh, when I was in school already, uh, it was it was open to for visitors and uh, my relatives could, could come over in time. Uh, I think you you had to prepare documents, but uh, apart from that, anyone could visit. And uh, right now, I believe. Uh, they don't have that many military bases out there because there were there were a lot of re, uh, reforms uh, in the army uh, back in the 90s. Uh, the army wasn't doing very well back then. I, mm. I remember the times then uh, my parents uh, didn't get any salary for six, eight months straight. Wow, <laughs> yeah. that that's bad. Yeah. So so let's. Um... That was your background of where you grew up, but what? Tell us about uh, your background in in translation and linguistics. So uh, I think this is the point where translators have to uh, talk about how they found their passion for languages. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I, I actually I didn't find my passion for languages. Uh, uh, languages found me, uh, and all thanks to my parents actually. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, when I was six years old, uh, they hired uh, an English tutor. Uh, so I could study uh, English language uh, with this uh, tutor. Uh, and now that I think about it, uh, I find it mind-blowing, especially taking into account that our town was so tiny, it was in the middle of nowhere, nowhere and mm. finding someone who could actually speak and teach English, I think it was incredible. So it kind of kind of set in motion uh, how things developed for me during my uh, high school, uh, where I decided to take uh, some extra classes in English, uh, mm. and I started considering a career uh, that should should be somehow connected with languages. Uh, mm. Since my both both of my parents were in the army, uh, uh, we thought I'm going to be uh, some kind of a, a military attaché. Uh, mm -hmm. 
I didn't know what what was what was the meaning of this profession, but it kind of mm. sounded exciting. And uh, since uh, I, I, I'm from a military family, so it, it, it kind of seemed natural. But uh, then uh, my, both of my parents had retired from the army, and as I said, the, the things were not doing very well in the military sector back then. So uh, I decided I'll go to, uh, into something more civil and. Uh, uh, after I graduated from uh, my high school, uh, we moved uh, to another town in the southwestern part of Russia. It's called Belgorod, uh, mm -hmm. and it's a uh, it has a, it had a university, Belgorod State University, and they have they had a translation program. And this is why uh, I decided to connect my language skills since I was I've been studying language uh, since I was a kid. So I figured. This is the most logical, logical step for me to become mm -hmm. a translator. Mm -hmm. but I, I applied to the university, I got accepted, uh, and I studied for five years and graduated back uh, in 2010 as an English-Russian translator and linguist. Uh, have you studied any other languages? Yes, uh, German was my second language, but I hated every single moment of it. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, uh, I was very, I was, I was very bad at studying German grammar. Uh, it was so complicated for me, and I just couldn't get a hang of it. <laughs> and uh, mm -hmm. I, I somehow passed my exams, but uh, I never really dis uh, pursued this language combination. So I, I decided to focus on English only. Okay. So, and then how come you ended up in Canada? Well, uh, it's actually a very long story. Uh, when I was a student, uh, when I was still studying to be a translator, um, I get a chance to travel to United States. Uh, mm -hmm. They had these uh, uh, summer programs for students uh, where you, you could uh, travel to United States for a summer and stay there. Uh, uh, had a basic job like uh, a waiter or I was actually a lifeguard pool. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, a lifeguard? A lifeguard at the swimming pool. Mm -hmm. So, and uh, I, I decided to, that uh, I really like it there. And uh, probably I, I also was there with my wife, my, 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 my future wife. Back then we were just dating. And mm. we both really enjoyed the lifestyle, the culture. It was so different compared to Russia. And uh, we were talking about our future and how, how we want to, to spend the rest of our lives. And we decided that we probably want to immigrate to the United States. Okay. So when we got back to Russia, we still had uh, to uh, finish our universities because it was our last year. So uh, we graduated. Uh, my wife uh, was uh, a uh, civil engineer. Mm -hmm. And I graduated as a translator. So, and we applied again to get uh, visas to the United States, so we could move there and stay there permanently, hopefully. But unfortunately, my wife uh, got declined. I got accepted. Mm -hmm. So uh, we talked about, it and we decided that we probably gonna stay at home and not gonna move anywhere. So we stayed in Russia. Then we moved to Ukraine for a couple of years, uh, where I also worked as a translator in. Uh, translation agency, mm -hmm. in-house translator. And one day, one day, uh, I was checking out my spam box. Uh, this is a true story. I was checking out my spam box, and I found an email from uh, the travel agency that I used to to get uh, those uh, 
summer programs, and they basically they were advertising new programs they had mm. for uh, students uh, who would like to travel to Canada to study language. Mm-hmm. We figured uh, this is our this is our ticket, this is our chance, and uh, we we started researching, uh, and we uh, we figured we could move to Canada as students, mm-hmm. and, uh, then probably stay there and continue studying or find find work. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, uh, we we applied for this program. We got accepted, uh, and we moved to Canada almost four years ago. So. And and you moved directly to Montreal? No, um, we moved to Toronto. Toronto. Oh, you're in Toronto. Yes. Okay, I see. And y- you enjoy it? Yeah, we uh, we like it. Uh, it's, it's it's a little bit different from uh, what we experience in the United States. Uh, people slightly different here. Uh, there is a stronger focus on diversity, uh, which mm-hmm. we love. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of cultures, uh, I have uh, we have made a lot of friends here, and I admire how, how people treasure their heritage and how even when people are Canadians who they, they were born here, they still remember uh, their past and uh, where they're coming from. So I have. I have friends with Irish heritage. I have friends with, who 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 are from China, Germany, Korea, uh, France, uh, and and many many other countries. Russia, Ukraine, you name it. Mm-hmm. But let's get over to your your passion or your service to the translation industry. You started a, a new translator community, and it all started from an idea you had. An idea of building a community that will shape the future of tran- the translation industry and help us raise the awareness about all the challenges and opportunities we have. So that is how Open Mic was born. Yeah, the Open Mic. Actually. Mic. Yeah. Okay. How long ago was this? Not too long ago. Uh, the Open Mic was officially launched uh, on uh, November first, two thousand fifteen. So uh, we are, I guess, eight years old, or eight months old. Uh, yes. But uh, the original idea uh, came to me when I was uh, talking to my uh, colleague and friend, Olga Reinhold. Uh, mm-hmm. And she reached out to me because she wanted to publish, uh, she wanted to publish uh, a guest post on my uh, uh, blog uh, about translation. Uh, and uh, I had this idea: why, why, why would we want to reach out to other bloggers and uh, uh, use their platforms to promote our own content and promote our own uh, blog posts? Uh, mm-hmm. why, why can't we build a single platform which all of us could enjoy, so any translator could share their knowledge, uh, share their experience, talk to other translators directly? And that's how. Uh, the open mic was born. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, it was born as a, a community for translators who like blogging or writing or sharing their ideas uh, with the world and helping one another. I I really enjoy the positive attitude and you having all your messages, and I'm very impressed by what has happened with the open mic so far. Um, but it must be a lot of work so so tell me 
well, you sort of tell me, told me now why you started the open mic. But tell us what the translators, what we or other linguists, what can we learn from the open mic, and how can we use it? Well, uh, there are many ways to use it. The open mic, uh, basically, it has a, a kind of three central pillars. Uh, the first pillar is uh, the blogging itself. Mm-hmm. So uh, any translator or interpreter who registers on the open mic uh, and gets that free account, uh, mm-hmm. they can publish an article. And uh, I designed the platform in such a way that we don't moderate anything. So we have uh, site rules. Uh, we have uh, uh, some basic rules that uh, we encourage all people to read and adhere to. Uh, mm-hmm. But the main idea that everything you publish should be relevant to the industry, should, should be relevant to other translators, and should somehow be focused on what we do. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is one of the main, uh, probably the most popular uh, features that people use. Uh, people like using Open Mic because they can instantly publish articles, and those mm-hmm. articles are shared with other translators. So mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of like. Uh, have you heard about Medium, medium.com? No. I, sh- I think I, well, I think I've heard about it, but I haven't Yeah, so uh, Medium, me- medium.com uh, was a big inspiration for me. This is a blogging platform where mm-hmm. anyone could be a writer. This is basically their message to, to the world. And I was really inspired by their design and how it all functions, but I wanted to create something similar but more uh, focused. So... It's kind of like uh, medium.com, but for translators only, people who are interested in translation. So okay. this is the, one of the main aspects. Uh, the other aspects that uh, we have uh, 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 profiles for translators. And mm-hmm. uh, every translator can uh, create a profile, uh, mm-hmm. and you can complete it. Uh, there are plenty of information. Uh, I realize that uh, the more we grow, uh, the more the community grows, uh, the more attention it will get both from translators and people who are looking for translators. And Mm -hmm. this is the second thing that I'm trying to achieve with the open mic is to build a a community where people could find translators easily and without any hassle. I'm I'm really fr- frustrated. Uh, I don't I don't know if I can say it, that, but uh, I, I got really frustrated by uh, the current situation uh, with the communities for translators. If we look at other freelance uh, professions, for example, uh, at designers or web developers, all of them mm-hmm. all of them have uh, very strong communities uh, with great design, great functionality. For example, photographers have Flickr. Oh, mm. Splash, where they can demonstrate their work and where people can find them and hopefully hire them. Uh, mm. Web developers uh, can use a Stack Overflow or GitHub, and web designers and uh, uh, graphic designers can use Dribble. So all of those uh, uh, sectors of freelance economy, they have uh, beautifully designed and well-functioning communities. And I felt like uh, this is something that is missing from uh, our industry, and, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to build a community where people could both share their knowledge, uh, interact with each other, uh, have a lot of fun, of course, uh, because we're trying to keep things very casual. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, uh, uh, this community would attract people who are looking for translators and interested in uh, hiring the, the best translators out there. 
and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm currently trying to figure out how to make it all work for uh, both for translators who, who want to share their knowledge and for people who would like to hire translators because I want to, mm -hmm. want to simplify the way people interact and uh, make it, uh, I don't know, as easy as a click of the button, <laughs> mm -hmm. if, that's mm -hmm. possible, if that's possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So instead of searching or, or, or instead of search doing doing a search function, there would be a list, or how how would you do it? Well, actually, we have a directory, uh -huh. uh, and based on what kind of information you fill out in your profile, uh, this is actually important. You have to you have to fill out your profile in, in, in as much detail as possible, uh, because this this will be used in the directory, and mm -hmm. when someone is looking for translators, uh, they can. Uh, search by language pair, they can search by uh, field of expertise, uh, they can also search by years of uh, experience, uh, mm -hmm. average translation rate, if they want to, membership in professional associations, if, we are, if uh, they are only interested in people who are members of professional associations. Uh, uh, if people have CV or credentials and stuff like that, now, how how um, would this directory be compared to pros, for example? Well, uh, our our main focus uh, would be focusing on uh, simplifying the the steps uh, that are required to get from uh, search to actually contacting translators. Okay. So, for example, if you're looking for a translator, uh, you would use a search and then. Uh, you can easily send a direct message on the platform itself. Uh, we have a system of private messages, so every translator who has an account, they can receive and send messages to uh, other translators or to potential clients. Uh, I'm also currently working uh, on a few new features that would allow to uh, use a real-time chat. So, for example, if uh, a client visiting your profile uh, and uh, they, they have a quick question and they don't really want to bother sending a, a large email. They mm -hmm. they will be they will be able to use a chat service and mm -hmm. if the translator is online, of course, uh, and just ask a question in real time and get an instant answer and also attach files to get a quote uh, and communicate. Uh, I'm also working uh, on a couple other features, for example, a calendar that uh, would allow translators. Uh, create a calendar, and clients would be able to book time on that calendar for a phone consultation. Oh, okay. Okay. So you mentioned that there are three legs or three sections of the open mic. What is the third one? And the third one is, of course, the community itself. Uh, we are trying to build uh, uh, an inspiring community and empower translators uh, uh, to be more active uh, to, to 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 communicate with each other, to uh, get involved in networking and you know, promote their businesses. So uh, we're also trying to create a, a community around the open mic so that uh, people could have like uh, I don't know a, a digital home <laughs> for translators and uh, where we could all gather together, uh, discuss different kind of topics. Uh, this uh, element, I think uh, it still needs a little bit of uh, development. Uh, for example, uh, 
the only way to interact with other members on the site right now is by publishing an article or by writing comments to the article. Uh, but I think uh, we might uh, develop something in the future like, uh, I don't know, a forum or a question and answer kind of functionality, depending on what our community desires. Mm -hmm. uh, this is actually uh, very the most fun part of uh, building the open mic. I, I always encourage people to share feedback uh, in, in a variety of forms. Uh, I create uh, polls. Uh, I ask questions directly via messages or emails. Uh, everything we do on the open mic is actually I, I share publicly on mm -hmm. a little tool called Trello. So we have a public uh, dashboard on Trello where you can actually track progress of everything. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, I, everything I do on the open mic, both as a developer and as a person who tries to create, generate new ideas, uh, this is all visible on our Trello board. And How do I access the Trello board? Uh, There's is, is actually no, no quick link on the website itself, but uh -huh. uh, you normally receive this in a welcome email that I sent. So okay. when a person registers, they receive a welcome email and uh, they're encouraged to check out our trail board. But I, uh, I think I'm going to send you a link. maybe. Yes, maybe. because I missed that in the welcome email. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe because uh, you signed up quite a bit of time ago and I, I'm always uh, redesigning my welcome, e welcome emails to make it mm -hmm. sound more natural and more interesting and exciting and to uh, urge people to interact with the platform. So what we can do here is to share this link also in the show notes. Yes, yes, yes. We're going to share this in the show notes. Uh, and actually, any kind, any, any member of the Open Mic, uh, no matter if you're registered or if you're just uh, visiting uh, the Open Mic, you can actually check this out. Uh, and you can share your ideas. Uh, you can vote for ideas. Uh, we have a, a separate board for ideas from members. Mm -hmm. People can uh, view the ideas of others. They can view my ideas and what I'm working on currently, what kind of bugs I'm trying to track down and fix. Uh, now, you say that you're not um, technologically well, interested or skilled in technology, but oh. to me, it sounds like you are. <laughs> no, uh, you know, it's funny because uh, I always say that uh, I'm not a developer, I'm not a programmer, but mm -hmm. uh, since I started building the open mic, I learned a great deal about everything. Uh, I learned about uh, user engagement, I learned about user experience, I, I learned about web design, and I think that uh, th this project helped me grow both professionally and uh, expand my knowledge in other areas. And uh, I would never have thought, uh, I don't know, two years ago that I'll be building websites and I'll, I'll be, mm -hmm. I'll be uh, tracking down bugs or trying to code something or change something in the code so something mm -hmm. wouldn't break. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and now you are. Yeah. Now and I'm you've also launched another project. Uh, together with Elena, yes. blabbing translators. Tell us about that. So again, like uh, in the case of Open Mic, uh, idea was generated through from a communication with my 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 friends and colleagues. So uh, our colleague uh, Tatiana Struk from uh, Ukraine uh, reached out to me once and offered me to uh, join a free webinar. So mm -hmm. I could be. Uh, I could present as a guest uh, 
the webinar was uh, focused on uh, marketing tips for translation professionals. Mm-hmm. And she invited me to be a part of this webinar. I said, okay. Uh, and I also offered uh, to invite a third person. Uh, uh, and I suggested Yelena because uh, mm-hmm. we were communicating back and forth via email. We were kind of like uh, pen pals. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We had like a online friendship. <laughs> mm-hmm. So... Uh, Elena was inspired by my blog, and my blog has inspired her to build her own website. So she reached out to me once, and we tried. And, we... and with the blog, do you mean the open mic or or your my my professional trans- translation blog? Yeah. Okay. Translation blog. So I had a, I had a, a couple of articles about uh, web design for translators, how to build a website. Mm-hmm. And Elena found these articles. She used them to build her own website, and then she reached out to me saying thanks, and we started. Uh, communicating back and forth and kind of made made friendship and so but back to the idea of the webin translators so uh, we had this webinar upcoming webinar and we started researching what kind of platforms we could use for a webinar where three per three people could talk at the same time and we found this uh, nice little platform called blab.im Mm-hmm. And uh, I really, I just fell in love with it like uh, at, at at an instant because uh, it was so easy, it was so user friendly, uh, and it was free, which was which is always nice. Mm-hmm. Well, we used this uh, uh, for our webinar with Tatiana and Yelena, and people really enjoyed it. Uh, I loved it, and then I reached out to Yelena and said, "Hey, maybe we should uh, start." Uh, uh, some sort of a talk show uh, on this platform uh, on a regular basis, and uh, uh, that's how we come up with the idea of webin translators. And when did you start this one? Uh, we started this one uh, in February. Yes, in February. Oh, so it's all quite new. Yeah, it's quite new. We we only had uh, fourteen e- episodes so far. Is that once a week? Yeah, we try to uh, have them once a week. Okay. It's actually great that uh, I have Yelena. I really owe her, owe her a big one because uh, she's handling uh, invitations and scheduling, and uh-huh. I am more of a tech guy, so I'm focused more on. Uh, I build a website for Blabbing Translators at uh, blabbingtranslators.com, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm also the one who's uh, uploading episodes to YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in charge of. Uh, test calls with our guests and then making sure everything works uh, great before we go to the actual recording. Okay. And um, yeah, I, I was, I had the honor of being interviewed or talking to you on, on blabbing translators last week, I think. Yes. So you, so you listeners, if you want to hear about my their, their diversification, journey you can you can go to blabbing translators yep so i want to end with a question that i i ask everyone because this is focused on marketing what marketing strategy works well for you right now in your business you know uh to be honest i don't really treat everything i do as a marketing strategy because mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm just doing it uh, as my attempt to give back to the community and bring a little bit of value. Uh, I figured uh, I have somewhat decent uh, design 
uh, web design skills. So that's why mm-hmm. I, I invested my time into building a platform. And, are, and this is this is for open mic and. Are you talking about the open mic now? Uh, yeah, I'm talking about the open mic. Okay. So, uh, but uh, if we talk about my translation business and mm-hmm. uh, everything I do to promote my own translation business, probably the best thing was uh, my blog. What was my blog and my website, of course. Uh, this is my major source of uh, new leads and new clients. Because uh, even though uh, everything I write is focused more on translators, mm-hmm. uh, some sometimes those translators uh, have similar ideas, and uh, uh, we build a connection. And mm-hmm. at some point in the future, they might have a, a project that is not suitable for them, but might be a good fit for me. And mm-hmm. uh, they could think of me as a as a as a person who. Uh, would be a good fit for that for this project, so uh, I could get a referral. Uh, and my my website was uh, actually a great source of uh, referrals, especially back uh, then when I was uh, blogging consistently. Because right now uh, my my main focus on on the open mic and webin translators, but when I was blogging on my own blog about translation business, uh, I blogged about browse, I blogged about translation ra- rates. Uh, Mm-hmm. other popular topics uh i got a, quite a few clients who have read my articles and uh, they felt uh, a connection on some internal emotional level and they, mm-hmm. they liked what, what i was writing about uh, they could relate to my pains uh because most of them were translators who are also were starting their own translation agencies so okay. i got a, quite a quite a couple of clients from uh, uh, my writing and uh, from uh, my blog posts. And do you write in English then? Yeah, uh, I write mostly in English simply because uh, I live in Canada and most of my mm-hmm. clients most of my clients uh, are in the uh, US, Canada and a little bit in Europe and mm-hmm. pretty, uh, pretty much none of them speak Russian so <laughs> yes. it kind of makes sense for me to speak in English and write in English. Mm-hmm. So if you talk about marketing strategy uh, and what works for me, uh, I guess blog and a website. Because okay. Website itself also generates uh, leads uh, not related to translation industries, just simply people looking for translators. Uh-huh. Uh, and occasionally, I guess, uh, I got two or three leads a month from my website. Not all of them are good, of course, but sometimes uh, they... Uh, turn out to be new clients and they uh, turn into regular clients. So Two or three per month, that's pretty good. Yeah, but uh, like I said, not all of them are converted into real clients. Yes, yes. Sometimes they're yes. just people, uh, you know, asking for a quote and then they, they go cold and disappear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much. Um, we will post links to both your professional website, to the open mic, and to blabbing translators in the show notes. So I think what you're doing is great, and I wish you good luck with these projects. Thank you so much, Tess. Thank you. It was a real pleasure talking to you, and I hope uh, that uh, our little talk today would inspire other translators to take more action and uh, 
give back to the community in any way you can. And you don't have to be a, a kick-ass developer or you don't have to be a marketing expert. You can figure out a way to make your profession a little bit better uh, mm -hmm. in your own way. And I hope this uh, my experience and I hope that my example would inspire other people to be more active and take action. And this will help us make uh, a better profession and a better future for all translators in the world. <laughs> Amen. I totally agree with that. So thank you, Dmitri. I just want to say thank thank you, the, thank the listeners too, and tell them that there are some really great articles shared already on the open mic. So go check it out for, for those of you who haven't seen it. Um, it's open mic open mic dot co and uh, subscribe to the news. I will post the links, like I said on um, marketingtipsfortranslators.com and go to episode 98. You can use the search bar or go to the podcast. There you can also check out other resources and links, leave a comment, and uh, just be a good community member. I wish you all a wonderful week and thank you again for listening. Thanks for listening to Marketing Tips for Translators. Download more episodes from www.marketingtipsfortranslators.com. If you like the show, a review on iTunes would be much appreciated. 